This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. This episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast is brought to you by the Creative Writing Community. I started the creative writing community for writers of all levels. Ultimately, writing is something we do up in our office, all alone with our computers or paper and pen. So what could a writing community do for a writer, you might ask? The answer is a lot. In the creative writing community, we sprint several times a week, which is how I'm getting upwards to 30,000 words a month while traveling and having three kids at home. We also gather together to brainstorm problem areas in our stories or in our marketing, as well as share what we've learned. And we have master classes where experts come in and talk to us about what they know about the publishing and writing industry. And that happens one to sometimes twice a month. We also have the private Slack community where we can share articles and tidbits about our novels and really become friends who are interested in seeing everyone do well in their writing and their publishing career. Writing doesn't have to be a lonely job. If you're looking for a writing community, I invite you to try us out. Head on over to catcaldwell.com and click on creative writing community, or you can head straight on over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing community. And just a heads up, admissions closing in October. We really want to gather together and be a community and be bonded together. And for that, we're just going to have to close the community for a couple months at a time. So if you want a community through the winter to help you get writing and possibly finish that book, or maybe two, head on over and sign up. If you have questions, shoot me a question. I am completely open and available to any questions you might have. We will close in October and we won't open again until April. So I highly encourage you to check us out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, episode number 95, I believe, August 23rd, 2021. Doesn't that sound like a sci-fi date? It just sounds like it's supposed to be science fiction, but it's not. Here we are. August 23rd, school's about to start. The start, it's kind of like, it's almost like a January again, right? When it's about time for school to start. I hope that everything is going well in your school district and that you are getting to send your kids off to school. We are doing half and half this year. So half of them are going off to school, well, two thirds, and one is staying home for homeschooling, which will be an adventure, an exciting, exciting adventure that I'm definitely looking forward to. It will push my organizational skills, which I think is something I need. So if anybody has tips on organizing for face, for Facebook, for homeschooling and for business, <laughs> which I guess includes Facebook. I don't know why that word came out. Um, let me know. I'm all up for listening to any podcast, reading any book and um, doing all the things. So it's going to be great. So today, as we wrap up summer a little bit, doesn't it feel like summer is coming to an end when school starts, even though technically it's not, whatever. As we come to sort of the wrap up of summer, I want to talk to you 
on a solo episode about some things that I've learned in the creative process, which feels like things I should know already. And I think I would have said last year that I know that, and yet I've experienced it now. And so you always have a different point of view, or as we say in the writing field, POV, right? (laughs) When you actually go through it. So as you might know, if you've been listening for a little bit, or you follow me on social media, or you are subscribed to my newsletter, I am about ready to bring out my third novel. It's a contemporary novel, writing the line between women's fiction and new adults, right? Genre thing, I will figure out. It's definitely women's fiction. New adult seems to be this new genre that I've just heard about, and I still need to dig into a little bit but it's around college age. The characters are around college age. And so I think that I'm going to be able to squeak it in under new adult as well. And the title is Coffee Stains. And all that is great. None of that has changed. I love the title, Coffee Stains. It's really fun. I love the genre. We're good on that, you know. So what has changed? It was supposed to come out September. That was like my soft date for it, right? I was kind of pushing myself to say this to people, to sort of declare it and really push myself to get it done. And it's not going to be pushed back too much, hopefully, but it is going to be pushed back. And that is where the learning process comes in. So this is a novel, just to give you some background that I wrote 10 years ago. (laughs) Is that possible? Oh my gosh. I wrote the basic premise for it 10 years ago. It has obviously changed a ton since then. Just sort of wrote it while I was pregnant and a bit bored and really just had one of the main characters in my head and sort of wrote a story around that. And it took a lot of thinking to actually develop the plot around it. I didn't want to let the characters go. And this is, you know, 10 years ago, gosh, even longer than that, actually, probably like 12 years ago, I knew how to write. I knew how to put words together. I knew that I was pretty decent at that. Right. But I was not in any spot of taking classes or reading about storytelling or learning about my craft. You know, I lived over in Europe. I had a baby. I wasn't working. So I was at home and it was the, you know, economic crisis. I actually got fired while pregnant (laughs) because like the whole company dissolved. And of course you, you fire the the translator first, you know, cause everyone can, can translate and <laughs> whatever. So I got fired. And, um, once my baby was born, I stayed home. And so we didn't have tons of money. And I always use that as an excuse to like, not take a class. I was also like, you know, nine hours difference. So <laughs> that wouldn't have worked, <laughs> you know, but I always had these excuses and this sort of ego that I didn't really need to learn about storytelling. I just needed to to keep writing. And, you know, part of that's true. You do need to keep writing. But one thing that you've heard me say lots of times over the past year or so is that we need to keep learning our craft, right? Because musicians do it. Artists do it. Painters do it. Singers do it. (laughs) Everyone, you know, there are art schools for a reason. And I'm not saying we have to go to art school. I don't have my MFA. I didn't go to school for writing. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. In fact, I'm 
kind of hoping COVID will finally leave at some point so I can go to like one of these intensive conferences or something and, and be pushed past a limit, you know, that I have. Maybe I don't even know what the limit is. There's always somebody to learn from, somebody who's doing it better than us. At least we could deep read. And, and basically to me, deep reading means opening a book to learn how, like what the author can teach you as a, as a writer, more than just reading it for the story and the entertainment. There's lots of things we can do, but I was not in that place when I wrote this first manuscript. And I took it out over the years and added to it and took away from it and changed it around and figured it out, you know? So the premise of the girl um, having stolen a scholarship and kind of believing that she has the right to use the name of a dead girl, basically, and her scholarship, kind of thinking that she has the right to do that because otherwise it's going to go to waste, right? It's just, you know, it's going to go to waste. She's going to use it right. She's going to study hard. And so why not? That premise sort of came about and it was there in the book, but then I wrote stepping across the desert that got in my head. And I really focused on that. Then I wrote an audience with the King and focused on that. And eventually I said, you know what, it's time to take out coffee stains and really see what I can do with it. And I worked on it for over a year, but again, for some reason, I didn't really apply what I was learning what I had learned about storytelling to this manuscript. And so that's one thing that I want to say. One point is like, when you take out your old manuscripts, your old short stories, for some reason, they're not for some reason. I mean, they're near and dear to us, right? For a reason. They are nostalgic to us. We, especially if we take them out and we're not super horrified by them, (laughs) you know, sometimes we take out old writing and we're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Delete. And if I don't delete, at least like keep it far from anybody's eyes. But sometimes we take out stuff and we're, we're not horrified and we think, oh, I actually really like that piece. And I kind of like that piece. And, and yet maybe because it's so close to us, we don't necessarily apply everything new that we've learned to the manuscript. Maybe some of it, maybe not all of it. And I do have to admit like during COVID, it was difficult to keep my brain like focused. And I did finish it. And I wouldn't say that the manuscript was a mess because it wasn't. In fact, I had four beta readers read it. And that's another point. Don't always just lean on your beta readers. And the beta readers liked it. Um, I got good feedback from them, changed a few things for them, added a new beginning and a new epilogue. And they were very encouraging. And a couple more things changed because of it. And then I sent it off to my editor and I had to wait for a space because my editor was so busy. And that was interesting. It, it gave me some time away from the manuscript, right? And not worried about it. And because I had had four people read it and I'd worked on it afterwards and I was overly confident, <laughs> I'm going to say, overly confident in the manuscript. So. I finally got into the editor and it actually wasn't my editor. It was somebody that she's hired and I got the notes back and I was immediately like, I immediately went into overwhelm drive. There were way more notes on it than I expected. And that's another note right there. Don't 
get overly confident in your manuscript. And I hesitate to say that because you want to be confident enough to send it out to a developmental editor. And quite frankly, you're paying a developmental editor to read through it and give you all, all the weak points, you know, point all of them out. But don't get overconfident in the fact, you know, we always hope kind of, I guess, that there won't be too many things to change. And you always have to, you always have to be careful about that ego there, but you also have to be careful about like, it's just one editor's opinion, right? And most of us can't afford, we can barely afford one developmental editor's opinion. We can't afford like five, (laughs) which would be ideal. It would be ideal to like cross-check them, right? So I immediately went into overwhelm drive. Like I have already had four people read this. I, I don't think it's that bad. And you also have to be careful with the personality of your editor. Do they just point out the bad stuff and they don't really, they're kind of sparse on the encouragement. Well, you just have to take that with a grain of salt, right? So here I am at the end of July. I really want this out by September. And I'm grappling with disappointment and overwhelm and questioning my manuscript one day and questioning the editor the next day. And so I had to take a step back. And what I really love about the creative writing community is they allowed me to sort of vent (laughs) my overwhelm and frustration with them. And then they said, send us the first few chapters. Like everybody's writing in this group, right? We all have our own projects and yet we are committed to helping each other. And so two of them had the time to start reading the first five chapters and they came back with, I'm not connecting well with Marlon and I don't understand this about Anna. Just in the first, you know, five chapters. And I say, well, it's this and this. And they said, okay, if it's that and that, I didn't get it in the first five chapters. So looking back, overworking so long on this manuscript, so many different years, right? And this is one of the problems that I sort of came to the conclusion of. Spending so much time on the same manuscript gets so much information into your head as a writer that sometimes you know these characters (laughs) and you think that everything has been um, written out and resolved and introduced. And it hasn't. And you're just too close to them to see it. You need a really critical look at it. I've also learned that this is why many, many indie readers, writers these days really focus on one project and get that, like have, you know, give themselves 10 days to write it, which I can't do. It's just not my life. I'm unable to do that, but I'm understanding it more, right? And I'm not, I'm not disappointed that I'm using a manuscript that got written a long time ago at all. In fact, I want it out there. I think that the story is good and I think that it's even stronger now. And these are just things that I've learned, right? And I've just sort of like had these aha moments, which they seem obvious in some points. And some of them, I don't know, maybe they're obvious to you and they just weren't obvious to me. So I'm learning, okay, beta readers are great. But the people in the creative writing community are the ones who feel comfortable enough to be really honest because what they want from me is honesty 
when I'm reading theirs, right? So it's amazing that I have the creative writing community. I'm so grateful. And if you are looking for that, you should come on over because we are kind about it. Just like Anne Lamont says, you can point with the sword of truth or you can chop someone's head off with it. (laughs) And we try not to chop anyone's head off with it. We point with the sword of truth, but we feel comfortable enough to be just honest. Hey, I didn't connect with that. I didn't see that. I didn't understand this about her. If you, if that's in your head, then you need to get it across to the reader. Okay. And so I am faced with, all right, I will fix the first two chapters. And so I fixed the first two chapters, sent it back and was excited to hear them say, yes, this I'm connecting so much more. I love it. This is what I want. And then you look at the rest of the book and you say, okay, well, if that has changed, there are 30 other chapters (laughs) that I got to look at. Okay. Where is my dialogue? Am I too heavy on the prose on a lot? And I go heavy on prose sometimes. I really like describing stuff. And and I don't think I'm half bad at it, but it's not all about me. It's about the reader, right? There are times that I was more concerned with the character than the plot line in a few places where my editor was like, I don't think you need this at all. And I think my first reaction is, well, who cares? <laughs> you know? And then you step back with a critical eye and you see that your editor is probably right. You know, is it needed? Probably not. Now, of course, I'm a writer, so I keep it all in just deleted scenes folder. You know, so it's there just in case, because otherwise my anxiety would be through the roof. But you have to look at it with a more critical eye. And what I see now, one of my mistakes another mistake, another learning point was getting out the story and reading it through the writer's eye is one thing. You got to edit it through the editor's eye, but I didn't look at it through the reader's eye, through the critical reader's eye of, is this boring? Is this like said again? Do I really need to like say it? I'm pretty sure the point got across, or I think she's already said that, or I don't think that that's needed or you know, we don't need to add in another subplot point. Looking at it from the critical reader's eye is something that I should have done. Another thing that I should have done was really looked at the plot points and made sure that I wasn't going overboard on plot. Like I just said, another subplot, like, no, we don't need another subplot and not to go overboard on character. On the other hand, you need to not go underboard on plot or underboard on character. I don't know if underboard's a word, but I'm going to use it. You know, to really like, just because I know the character and I know the plot, I need to look at it critically as a reader. And as I've told my group, this is why people plot. <laughs> you know, And looking back, I told them yesterday, you know, It's possible that if I had just started writing this from scratch, like not editing it, but like taking what the premise was and writing it from scratch, that it wouldn't have taken me so much time. It's a possibility, right? But my decision was, oh no, I'm not going to waste what I already wrote. I don't want to, you know, start from scratch. I'm just going to edit it and I'm going to move things around and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think you save that much time now that I look back like, Hey, this has been a learning experience and I think it's going to come out fine. 
actually better than fine. I think that the book is a lot stronger now. So I really had to sit back and as much as I wanted to get my word count in this month and move my other stories forward and look at my short stories and get a few short stories out this month. That was my initial goal to submit two or three short stories. And I haven't even gotten to look at them. And you know what? I have 11 days left, right? I still have time or not even. It's fine. I have a week. (laughs) That's not even, that's not cool. Anyway, you know, the life of the creative, like any other life is full of decisions. And the decision that I had that I really faced when I would get frustrated in the last two and a half weeks was, okay, I either fix it or I don't. I can either put it out there and it's fine or I can fix it and it's going to be better. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a New York Times bestseller or like this book is going to change your life. I hope it does. (laughs) I hope that you love it as readers, but I know that it's better and I know that it's stronger because some of the things that needed to come out came out and some of the things that needed to be clarified got clarified. And right now it's back to my two people willing to read it in the group. And not everybody has time to read it. You know, I'm super grateful that they are willing to read it and they're going to get through it and they are going to come back on the lot, you know, the, the 25 other chapters and let me know. And a few things might need to need to be worked out again, you know, and you also have to make a choice sometimes when people come to you, whether they be editors or beta readers with questions, with comments, with things. You have to make choices on what is going to change and what isn't. So you have these choices of like, am I going to fix it or am I not going to fix it? And that goes into just the overwhelm. Is it worth all of this? Or should I just put my energy into the next book? Well, since this isn't published yet, I personally think it's worth it to just push the release date a month, maybe two, maybe three. It's okay you know, and, and, and convincing myself to be okay with that, to make it stronger and to know that it's stronger and to know that it's even better. But then I also have to make the decisions on, you know what, that needs to say, nope, you know what, I like that. That's part of the story. And I have to say, I might be right or wrong. I don't know. I'm making like creative decisions here, right? And they could be right and they could be wrong or they could not really have a right or wrong, <laughs> you know? But these decisions have to be made. And overall, what I really have come away with in this time, as much as like there are late nights editing and there were lots of moments where I thought, oh, screw it. Who even cares? Is this, you know, is this book even worth it? Like if it's not going to get to the New York Times bestseller list, is it worth it? Like my next book will be better is anyone even going to care? Maybe I should just scrap it. Like maybe I shouldn't even publish it. Well, maybe it is just bad and I'll just move on. Maybe I should quit writing altogether. (laughs) Anybody else feel like this sometimes? Yes. Yes. It is the creative life we lead, right? You have to make these decisions. And I learned, you know what? It is worth it. It is going to be better. It's okay that I'm pushing the, the book launch further back. It's okay. Yes, I'm going to make these certain decisions. Yes, some of the comments with my editor, I don't agree with. 
I don't agree with her comments. And in fact, some of them, I think they're just, I don't know that they're wrong. They're just not, not it. (laughs) I don't agree with her and that's okay. And you know what? Maybe my beta readers will come back and I'll say, I just don't agree. And I'm going to publish it. And they'll say, okay, that's your choice. Or maybe, maybe it'll be even stronger. Maybe it will take another two weeks after they've read it. I really hope not. I'm like crossing my fingers and knocking on wood and all the things, but I have to choose to be okay with it because in the end, I do want it to be the best that it can be. I don't want to rush it. I don't want it to come out and I don't want it to get bad reviews, but I also don't want people to be bored with it. Like I write books so that people can have a moment of enjoyment. I want that moment of enjoyment to be as nice for them as possible. I want them to enjoy it and I want it to be, you know, as good as I can get it really, 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 really want it to be as good as I can get it. But looking on the business side too, I don't want the bad reviews if it needs fixing. And quite honestly, I agree. Like it needed some fixing. I think it's stronger. So the last few weeks have been quite a roller coaster. In fact, I think I got the comments back July 31st. And so it hasn't even been a month. It's been, yeah, like two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah. I know math anyway. It's fine. (laughs) So by the time I'm recording this, I finished it on the 19th. So yeah, a little less than three weeks. And yes, there were days that I would have rather been doing other things, but overall my number one takeaway is our art is worth it. Our creativity is worth it. Our writing is worth taking the time to really make sure it's in the best, the best form that it can be. You deserve it as a writer. Your readers deserve it as readers. Your story deserves it as the story. And if you need to push back the publishing date a week, or you just need to step back for a week and take a moment to look at it and not do other things, we have to allow ourselves that time. We have to allow ourselves the moment to breathe in and out and recognize the overwhelm of, oh my gosh, that means if I change this part, that means I have to change that part. If I delete this half of the chapter, it means I have to like either merge the rest with another chapter or write more or (laughs) one little change in a novel can escalate to like the domino effect of like a hundred changes, you know, all these little things and that's overwhelming and it's okay, but it's going to make your book better. And really in the end, taking two and a half weeks, three weeks, even if it took three months to fix it is really nothing in the end. A book lasts for decades, right? And I would rather take the time to do it right. And even be a little disappointed that maybe it'll have to wait till 2022. I hope not, but we'll see in the end. It's better to do it right. It's okay. I know in the indie world in the indie publishing world, we self-impose a lot of stress to get things out and we got to get things out because it's partly business, right? But It's not worth getting out if it's not the story that it should be. So all of that to say, coffee stains will be out. I just don't have a day for it yet. (laughs) But what about you? Have you learned something this summer about yourself or about your craft 
are you still in the midst of learning something? And you sometimes you don't even know what the question is. What is it that I'm learning right now? <laughs> you just feel in the minute in the middle of overwhelm, right? And that's that's okay. But if you want to let me know what you've learned this summer, I would love to hear it. Am I the only one who has like thought that the manuscript was almost perfect going to the editor only to find out that it super was not? <laughs> I hope I'm not the only person. Oh, we always learn to every day is like a day to, to keep our ego in check, right? But if you're also looking for a place to write as a writer where people are going to be honest and point with the sort of truth, where you're going to be able to brainstorm this stuff out, where people will listen to you as you complain about your overwhelm, as I did, as we do, where brainstorm how to launch your book and look at your book cover and read over your blurb and give you feedback and just be supportive, I highly encourage you to check out the creative writing community to find a community that works for you. I personally, I'm a little biased and I think the creative writing community is the best. That's just me. It's just me. It's just my opinion. Has a little bit to do with, you know, me creating it, but, (laughs) but I highly encourage you to check out the creative writing community. The links are in the show notes or go to catcaldwell.com or hit me up on Instagram, locals, or Facebook, catcaldwell.author pretty much on all of them. Ah, You'll find me or the links are in the show notes. I encourage you to keep going in your craft to remember that it is worth it to remember that somebody is waiting for it on the other side to remember that you are worth it. You are worth getting it up, you know, out there in the best form possible. And next week I will not be alone. We will be back with our interview schedule. I'm sure that you are excited about that, but please let me know what you've learned this summer. Check out the show notes for more information on the creative writing community, and I will see you next time. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.